welcome to Objectively Speaking, the Blue Jackets dedicated podcast, a part of Line Change Media. My name is Jeremy Paul, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Laura Norman. Laura, how are you? I'm good. Episode two, game number three. I know. That, that, that will always bother me, that like we started on game two, so like episode 50 will be at game 51 like that's always gonna bug me but i'll find a way next season will be better we'll get on it like right start it start it up we'll do 82 episodes next year hopefully fingers crossed i know you're telling um, me some in the car recordings from being an actual actual games how um, fun is that gonna be hopefully we'll see and i can't wait till we can stop dealing with uh inputted crowd noise Oh, I know. I can't wait to be the crowd noise. Because today was a lot. Yeah, and I think, well, I never, it never bothered me during the return to play, like during the playoffs, but for some reason today was just a little weird. I just think whoever was taking care of it in Detroit was like, you know what sounds great is if it just sounds like it's the last two minutes of a game the whole time. Right. And, or his like button was stuck on the crowd noise option. Right. Because it was just that, like, <sighs> crowd noise mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, and, like, I texted to you during the game. I was like, fans aren't this loud in normal situations. Like, there are some quiet moments in games, and that's okay. We don't need to, you know, hype it up the whole time. But It'll be – could you imagine if, like, arenas continued to pump in crowd noise and fan noise, like, once people are back? Like, to try to give an advantage. Like, that would be fascinating, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be fascinating. And also, like, how long would it take until it just becomes this, like, weird humming sound? <laughs> just, like, continuous noise. Yeah. Everyone's like, what? What? I don't understand. What are you talking about? It would be too much. But like you alluded to, a win. The Blue Jackets Woo! move to one and two on the season after what looked like was, a, like, a really bad – I don't want to say really bad, but, like – I texted you a couple of times and I was just like, at one point I sent you the like Z emojis, like the Z sleeping emojis. Cause it's just like, this team has been looking so lifeless, like throughout these first three games. And like, even though we won today, like there are still just moments where I was like, should I bring out the defibrillator? Because this <laughs> team has no life in it. Like, I just like, I'm not going to be mad because we won, but in, up until like the third period, I, I was like, what what's the pulse on this team? Like I can't I can't gauge it. And let's be serious. Up until the second half of the third period, um, is how long it took them to really get going. Um, it was, and I think Tort said it best in his post game interview today. He was like, "Our best game of these last three games was Saturday. Today was sloppy." He's like, "On both sides, Detroit would definitely had more energy in the beginning." But, you know, he was like, it was sloppy and we need to, you know, figure things out. But yeah, right. they were dull the first 50 minutes. Um, obviously proud anytime that they get through a second period without allowing a team to score a bajillion points. Um, Correct. And, you know, obviously that last 10, 11 minutes, they really kicked it in high gear. Things got crazy. One of my predictions almost came true until that really ridiculous scrum situation um, with the Detroit second goal and the interference with Corpy. Um, 
but so I almost got my wish of us winning by more than one point. But nonetheless, like you said, you can't be mad about a win. We're finally, finally in that good column. I know. And I just like, I texted my dad. Like, I was like, oh, God, we play Tampa after this. Like, if we don't figure this out, like, if we don't get at least one of these, like, if not both of these, like, we're going to, like, we uh, we could be looking at, like, a two and four, one and six, or one and five start. Um, or even worse, like, an oh and six start, which would just be, the wheels would be off at that point. And so, um, good to get that win uh the jackets again like we talked about came out kind of lifeless like let up a goal uh seven minutes into the first period uh so Bobby Ryan which I don't know how closely you follow like him or his story like but his like like if anybody had to score like if anybody had to be good I'm glad it was Bobby Ryan like I, I do wish him well this year with the Red Wings but then who else but Oliver Bjorkstrand comes through Ooh. Um, and scores the game tying goal, makes it two to one, and then or one to one, excuse me. And then the Jackets don't look back; they score in the third period to make it two to one. Uh, Alexander Texier with a wraparound goal, and then Pierre Luc Dubois makes it three to one uh, with an assist from Mikhail Grigorenko and Jonas Corpusala, which I like. I love like when goalies get on the board. Like I think that's so fun, um, especially because now we can go back and look and be like, okay, so. Jonas Corposalo has more points than and then you can just start listing like the players at this point now there's a small part of me that's curious about that like and wondering who most of the team yeah right <laughs> um so and then like you alluded to like the scrum toward the end of the game that gave Bobby Ryan his second goal of the game and gave Detroit the second goal of the game ultimately that being the final score of three to two um with a couple of a couple of fights happening <laughs> Um, behind the net afterward, one of which like Bobby Ryan and uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, but then Dylan Larkin and Zach Wierenski, which is like so good. Like it's so funny to me. Like Zach Wierenski's parents were gifted tickets to this game by Dylan Larkin and hit like in his family because the way team doesn't get any. Like right. Like so. <laughs> somebody said like well, that was a nice little thank you. Well, and I thought it was funny in, in Zach's post-game interview, he, they were asking him, obviously, about the fight, and all the reporters just thought it was the most comical thing, and they're like, yeah, break it down for us. Like, do you think that you won? Do you think that Dylan won? And he's like, I don't really want to go into it. All I know is that he didn't hit me, so I'm going to take that as a win. Um, and that he said he's going to get a picture of the fight blown up and put in his new house. Um, and he's waiting to talk to Dylan about it until after tomorrow's game. No, it makes sense. <laughs> That's so good. I just, it's so comical to me. Like, those are always my favorite stories, whether it's like past teammates, like people that you know are friends on the ice, or even like brothers. <laughs> like, those are always so funny to me. Um, I live for the day that Nick and Marcus Foligno go at it on the, on the ice. I live gonna, for it. You're going to have to wait a minute because. Well, I know we're not playing um, Minnesota basically at all potential. I couldn't, I couldn't remember who he played for, to be completely honest with you, because I know that he was playing in Minnesota, but I didn't know if he moved during the offseason. He just signed, he yeah, just signed right. a big three-year extension deal. Oh, wow. Well, good for him. That's exciting. Nine million? Nine million? I I'll mean. take your word for it. Nick made a comment about how uh, Marcus has to pay for things now. So. It says Nick is making 5.8 mil. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> like that, make that make sense. I make double you. Will you pay for this? Anywho. 
Um, breaking down the general staff of the game, the Jackets were outshot 37 to 29. So Jonas Corposalo stands tall again. I want to get your thoughts on Jonas and like what you would do for the next game. Um, then we got uh, pretty bad in the faceoff circle. Uh, we're we, it was 59 to 41, uh, Detroit. Um, I don't have to say that the Jackets didn't score a power play goal because the Blue Jackets played a game, and whenever they play a game, you can pretty much guarantee that I will say they did not score a power play goal. Um, but they also didn't let up a power play goal. They were on the penalty kill twice and played really well. That's going to be a strength of this team, and it has been for the last few years. It's like their ability to maintain a good penalty kill and make sure that, like, for one, they're disciplined, but when they do get dinged with a penalty, they tend to find a way um, – to make that happen now the stats that really blow me away so we're out hit 14 to 11 which that feel like i don't love that like i, I feel like for a team that's been quote-unquote hard to play against over the last two years like i would like to see that go up a little higher mm-hmm. block shots we only blocked 11 shots to detroit's 15 i say that as if i personally would ever block a shot <laughs> <laughs> like i can't really say much um but then take away or giveaways Detroit gave the puck up 13 times to the Blue Jackets four. Um, and then takeaways, uh, Jackets had two and the Red Wings had five. So one of one of the takeaways was right off the blade of Seth Jones' uh, stick on his penalty shot, which was rough to watch. Um, but that was the point in the game where I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> it's like... 100% I agree I was like oh it's very on but we are done that was the first ever penalty shot by a blue jacket defenseman in blue jackets history year 20 first time ever and, and they're it o- was terrible yeah and they're 0 for 1 <laughs> they are 0 for 1 so I think if you had to look at, at today's game and you had to like pick a highlight like for you like what was the thing that stood out to you most in this game um I think the thing that stood out most to me was a lot of Corby's bigger saves um there were some moments and which is why I get even more irritated when things like the Detroit second goal happen because it was one of those situations where the whistle should have been called way sooner um and it makes you know it puts a blemish on a game that Corby was really really solid um but he had just he seemed loose he seemed confident um he was doing some like incredible reaches I mean there was one shot I want to say it was in the first period that he blocked where he didn't know that that shot was even coming he just happened to extend his one leg um, and it was perfect. Like it was the most perfect um, move that he could have made. Cause it, if he wouldn't have done that, it definitely would have gone in. Um, but yeah, I'm just, there's a, a lot of big saves from Corpy today, very much so needed on our end since it took, like we said, 50 minutes really for uh, the blue jackets to sort of kick into high gear and start performing better in front of him. But um, yeah, that's that's my highlight is is Mr. Corpusalo's performance today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was great. I think for me, the the thing that stood out the most, I don't know if I call it like necessarily a highlight or if it's just something that I'm keeping my eyes on. And it's going to be something we keep our eyes on all season long. But like 
for me, I was texting Kelly about this, um, you know, that took them, and I tweeted about it, two minutes and 15 seconds into this game before they made mention of Pierre-Luc Dubois wanting to be traded. Um, and then immediately they show the John Tortorella clip and kind of like, damn Tortorella for that. And I just, then in the second period, Pierre-Luc Dubois gets sat. And in his interview, like John Tortorella says, you'll know when I bench somebody, like stop trying to manifest something. Like you'll know when you know. Um, but Pierre Dubois, I think, got like 36 seconds in the last seven minutes of the second period, um, mm-hmm. which whether that's him being benched or if we're just perceiving it that way, that is what it is. But then Pierre Dubois comes out and he scores in the third period, which is like, hmm, weird that it seems as though when John Tortorella coaches the player the way that John Tortorella coaches and has been so successful at coaching over the course of his career, the player performs. And so this narrative to me of John Tortorella is the reason Pierre-Luc Dubois wants out. Like if it is like, I, it boggles my mind because I don't, and, and I was watching NHL network, they had post-game coverage of the, of it. And it's one of those things where it's like, who knows if this is like, what would be best for Pierre-Luc Dubois in his career, like to not be in Columbus and to not be with a coach like John Tortorella. So um, for me, just like hearing that through, I need to stay off of Twitter, like during, during these games is what I've learned because everybody's a, a coach says us, like, as we like talk about like what we would do. Right. Like, but yes, like I just, I, it boggles my mind. I was texting Kelly. I don't know what the, the absolute, infatuation with towards being the issue for why this team is the way that it is um I don't get it I really don't get it I think I mean and I I will agree it literally was the second thing that these and of course you know today was a nationally broadcast day for us one of our two in the in the entire season that we'll get um before if we go to the playoffs and you know, literally, second thing, they're like, and Pierre-Luc Dubois hates Columbus. He doesn't want to be here. Um, and, you know, like you said, they showed the clip of, of Torts yelling at him during the playoffs. But I was also on Twitter. And after the game, saw a retweet from someone saying, like, Torts yells at PLD on the bench during the playoffs. He goes back and scores a hat trick. Um, Torts benches uh, PLD during the third period. Um, goes back and scores uh, an incredible goal to to win the game for the team. Like and like you said, it is this very strange narrative of if Torts is the reason, then someone's giving PL the wrong information because clearly the way Torts handles his players and his team is beneficial to PLD as a player and for his career because he performs better in these situations. Is it? Would I want to be screamed at every day in my job? Absolutely not. But it's one of those things where it's, you know, the coaching style seems to suit him. And I don't know that he's going to get that going anywhere else um, and being sort of coddled by somebody else. I feel like if he starts to get coddled, he's not going to improve. He's going to fall into this, you know, way of thinking that we kind of talked about in the first episode of these players that have gotten comfortable um, with their skill level and, you know, sort of get into this rhythm. And he's 22 years old. He has a long career ahead of him, hopefully. And he needs to grow still. Um, And again, today in his post-game interview, he was 
crazy vague about everything. Um, and he just, he alluded to the fact that, you know, they asked him, you know, how did you feel about being benched? And he was just like, I only have one job and that's to help this team win. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And I don't want to be a distraction. And it's like, clearly you are in some way. Um, but it is what it is. But yeah, he's, it's an, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, and it's, it's given me a lot of PTSD from Panarin and Bob. So no doubt we will see. No doubt. I think, you know, uh, yeah. It just like, he looks so pained. Like he looks so pained when he is doing these interviews and when he's doing his media availabilities. I mean, you and I have always joked that like, he is not exactly the world's best at media availability. Like he's just like, <laughs> he's never been good at it, but like, this is different. Like, this is like, oh my God. Like he literally seems like he's being held there at his will. Like, and it's just like, I can't imagine, right? Like that this isn't in some way, shape or form impacting the locker room. And if it isn't, then those guys are better than me because I, if I were his teammate, like the first thing I'd do if I ever watched one of those media availabilities would be like, then don't fucking play. <laughs> like, pardon my French. Like, yeah. But it's just like, like, I don't know. It boggles my mind. Don't agree. Like, don't agree to media stuff if you're going to be this way. Um, you know, or don't sign the contract. Like, don't sign your. Yeah. I mean, Panarin kind of had a weird out in his situation because he just always claimed that he couldn't speak English. Well, which we knew wasn't a hundred percent true. Um, and you know, so PL's putting himself in these in these situations where he's addressing the media and he's only making it worse. Um, like you said, we've talked about before that he's definitely not the best in media situations. He is very young. Um, yes. but if you look from last year to this year, the dramatic change that has occurred from him being this like goofy, fun loving, like excited to play guy on the team to now this, I hate my life. Why are you making me be here? Sort of situation um, is really evident whether he thinks it is or not. But, you know, it's just unfortunate. The, the Blue Jackets always seem to have, at least in the last 3.5 seasons um, always seem to have something that comes up that they have to fight through. And mm -hmm. it's, it's disappointing to see that it's someone who, someone who like the fans and the hockey community in Columbus have really rallied behind. Right. Um, so it's, you know, it's difficult to, to sort of feel those emotions towards him, but you know, I think Yarmo's gonna, Yarmo's either going to, in my opinion, either going to trade him this year at some point, or he's going to hold on to the bitter end. I don't think that there will be a middle ground um, situation. Um, and I want, I think Yarmo wants to see how long PL is going to pout about things. Because um, like we talked about um, previously, him not doing well or him not producing only hurts him. Yeah. So you know, let's see how long this, this temper tantrum lasts. <laughs> Hopefully not much longer. I'll tell you that. So what if you, if somebody said, Laura, name your three stars for tonight's game. Where would you go? Ooh, okay. So 
I have a tie for my third star. <laughs> I guess we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to because obviously he was on my shit list last week. But since he did score the game-winning goal, I guess I need to give it out to him. But so my third star is a tie with PLD and Delzato. Um, obviously, PLD's goal, which was beautiful, it was a very PLD type of goal. Um, you know, won us the game overall, kind of lit a spark, really helped them push through those last few minutes. Um, great, great energy, um, stuff like that. Love that. But Delzato, again, was so great the whole game. Um, he just continuously kept uh, the team afloat when he was out on the ice, made some really big blocks, set up a couple great shot opportunities, uh, and really just kept, kept his energy the whole time. Um, I am quickly becoming a very large Delzato fan. Um, so he and PL share my third star um, for this week. My second star, Mr. Oliver Bjorkstrand for his beautiful goal, his Gordie Howe hat trick for his, also his assist in his first NHL fight. Um, Oliver is a from what I can tell, a very quiet personality. Um, he's a, an unsung hero of our team. And to see him get into a legitimate fight on the ice was alarming to everyone. I think Twitter sort of blew up with, is that Oliver punching someone? Right. <laughs> well, trying to at least. I was surprised. He, <laughs> I was actually surprised he got pegged with a, rough, with a fighting. I, it, it was... Yeah, he was more so on the receiving end of, of that situation. More of, a, more of a roughing moment to me, but that was neither here nor there. Um, but he just, you know, and I think once his, his spark finally gets really lit, he's, he's going to do a lot for this team this season. So he gets my second star. And then number one star for me this week is Corpsalo. Just an incredible performance today. 35 saves. Um and just really held out crappy situation with that second goal, um, which really wasn't his fault. Um, and he got a point. Like, he is credited with an assist to the yeah. goal. Um, and I, like I said earlier on, his um, stance was very confident. He seemed very relaxed in the net, um, very focused. And much like last year, Goalies are really saving the crap out of Columbus right now. Um, no yes, from from losing by huge margins. So um, yeah, my number one would be Orpsala. Gotcha. Yeah. So I would some similarities, some differences for me. I think I would I would throw Gregorenko in as my third star. I think for him to get his first point as a Blue Jacket is big. I think hopefully that'll like start to spark him a little bit. I think too, like just like it was a beautiful pass to lead to PLD's goal. Um, and so for a lot of reasons, I think that he he deserves that number three. Uh, for me, I would put Corpy as my two. Um, again, like a very good game, really solid, 35 saves. Uh, like you mentioned, the assist on PL's goal. And for me, number one, I'd have to give it to Bjorkstrand. Um, I think, you know, not only the goal that gets us on the board and starts to, you know, give us a little bit of life, but then, um, you know, also to get the assist on that second goal is huge on, on Texier's goal. 
Um, so I, I think that for me, I would go with Bjorkstrand. I think you bring up an interesting point alluding to like goalie saving the day. If you had to, who would you go with tomorrow? If you had to throw somebody out on the ice, would you go with Corpy or would you go with Elvis? I think I'm going Corpy. I think Corpy's feeling good. Um, and I think that I know that we're, we're working in a tandem this year. We're not, you know, Torch has been very clear. There is no, number one, number two goalie. They are a tandem team. Um, and, you know, it's not like, you know, Corpy's won one game. He and Elvis at, at leading up to today were both one, you know, both had lost a game and really not by a huge difference of, you know, letting in points or letting in goals. But um, I think Corpy looked really good today, felt really good. And sometimes I think with him, I think the rest day in between um, is harder on him. Um, so I think while he's loose, while he's warm, put him in tomorrow, give him the day, and then maybe start Elvis um, for the home opener against Tampa. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, for me, I would disagree. I would go with Elvis tomorrow, simply so that way you avoid – because I think you should start – like I would personally start Corpy against Tampa. Um and to avoid him playing three games in four days, like I think that it's probably a good idea to move toward giving um, giving Elvis another shot uh, tomorrow. I think tomorrow is going to be interesting because in a lot of ways, like uh, tomorrow might be feisty, which I'm really excited to watch. Uh, but I think there's a lot to look forward to in tomorrow's game. And I think that Elvis could come out. And if Elvis could have a good showing and lead us into the Tampa Bay series, two to two or two and two um i feel good about kind of being back on like not taking on water anymore like kind of figuring it out and getting our feet underneath of us um but yeah i mean i'm looking forward to tomorrow's game do you think they pull it out tomorrow i hope so from a morale point of view i do think detroit's probably gonna be on a feistier i mean they started out strong today they were riding high from that carolina win um and they i think will come come at us pretty hard tomorrow night um especially being at home you know that kind of home court advantage rivalry situation um but i hope for our sake morale leading into coming back to columbus that we can pull out another win i would love again love if it was by more than one point um but obviously, we'll see. I'm never going to argue with the W. So. No, I feel that. I think I think we'll get a win tomorrow too. I think it will be. I, I think it will be a definitive win tomorrow. Um, I think Detroit doesn't. Ha- Detroit doesn't have the skill to like force things, if that makes sense. And I think I could see them in their frustration over today's game, like trying to force some things and making some mistakes, and, and the Jackets being able to capitalize off of those mistakes. Um, so I would say I could see us going out. Hopefully, I mean, we eventually have got to get to a point where we feel confident in our scoring. I think tomorrow will be a really great uh, time to do that. So that way we can go into this Tampa Bay game and this two-game series feeling like, okay, like we can we can skate with Tampa and we can score with Tampa. So I'd like to see us score four or five tomorrow. Will we? Who knows? Remains to be seen. But uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. So is there anything else that you can think of in this recap that we're doing here today? 
No, I think we covered most of the like larger moments, the behind the scenes drama. Sure, sure. But yeah, I think I think we've covered most of what went on in this matinee game, as they kept referring to it um, on the national broadcast. Perfect. Well, here's hoping that we don't have to open up a drink tomorrow night to drink away our sorrows. And hopefully Agreed. when we hopefully when we record tomorrow night we'll be uh we'll be happy, happy folks two and two. But other than that, I think that'll wrap us up here on objectively speaking. Um I almost always mess that up. Like in my head, like when I go to say the name of this podcast, I almost say like objectively yours. And I don't know why. Like I don't really know like why that's what I want to say every time. But now that I've spoken it into the existence, like it it'll be what I say every time. Um, Probably. But that'll wrap us up for Objectively Speaking. Um, my name is Jerry Paul. Amazing to join me with. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> wow, guys. I just want you to, to remember the day that my best friend forgot what my name was. <laughs> that was yesterday. Yeah, I called you Lauren. Not yesterday, but the other day. Yeah, um, this is twice now. I want all of I want this on recorded history. That oh, my, no, I didn't. I but, didn't forget your name. I just said, thanks for joining with me. And it just sounded dumb. But, Laura. Thanks for talking about the game with me today. Um, same time. Well, no, not same time tomorrow. This, it'll be significantly later tomorrow, but I will see you tomorrow as we recap the Jackets. Hopeful win against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that game is tomorrow at 7. Is it 7 or 7.30? I think it's 7.30. 7.30. Detroit is always on that bullshit of starting games at 7.30 and not 7. Anyway. I will see you, Laura, tomorrow night, and I hope that you all will tune in and listen to our recap of the following day. So thank you all for joining us, and have a great rest of your day. Bye.